What is up, guys? It is Stu. It is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast, and I have with me, I have Adam Wilson and Jason Bright, the owners of QC Fit West. Let's do this real quick, fellas. Do the origin story of like North Lake to this relationship to opening this thing. Okay. Um, well, I guess I got to start a little bit before North Lake, right? Uh, a lot of people know Adam and I play college football together for years. I say back when we were children, right? Um, you know, Adam had owned the business previously and fast forward to <clears throat> me getting involved in the gym world. You know, we started the gym North Lake about 11 years ago at this point. Yeah. And when I did, uh, Adam joined, was it a couple years after Adam? Yeah, 2015. 2015 after that. And just kind of got involved with CrossFit, man, and just kind of grew together with the gym. And he fell in love with the sport, sport of fitness. And at the time, Adam was living in the area down here where Wes is currently built. And I, I remember this like it's yesterday. He literally comes to me one day and says, hey, man, we should do a gym, right? And then he makes it sound easy. And just are you working out at North Lake at yes, this time? Yeah, okay, yeah, so you're yeah. working out at the first location. Yeah, he's working out at North Lake, and he has this idea about doing a gym, and I kind of hear him and just keep moving, and he keeps talking about, hey, we can do this. It's be an easy deal. It's just a big old shell, and you do this, that, and the other. and It'll be real easy. It'll be real easy, real right? Easy. <laughs> real easy. Um, <laughs> so then he, 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 he had a, a bead on this land down yeah. here, and we actually started talking seriously about it and got the money to buy the land, and then it wasn't so easy once we got into it, but yeah. we did it. So then, What um, year is that? that you guys acquire the land. We got it in November 2016. Okay. So for everyone listening, and the angle I'm taking on this is like through the gym real estate company, but essentially like I'll get asked, should I buy or should I build? And then I always send them to Steve Pinkerton. I'm like, go talk to Steve and Steve will give you his PTSD, which probably from building that place outlasts anything military-based PTSD he has. But yes. like when you guys were thinking of that, I mean, it's Charlotte. There's a ton of industrial warehouses. Why Why this? Like, why here? What foresight did you have? Or was it just, I got a lead on some cheap land? Like, talk to me about why build and why here. Yeah, so the interesting part about this area is I had lived here since 2006. Okay. And I just five blocks from this location. So I kind of knew this area was up and coming. We're right outside of Charlotte. There's no businesses on this side of town. And so there's nothing to service the, the incoming population. So um, really for me, it was just what's a viable business that could support buying a piece of land commercially on this side of, of town. And um, since I lived right down the street, this area, I knew about it. And so my mind just started running, like, what could we put on this dirt that would support the purchase of the land. And was, I mean, was there just the amount of dirt here with the sign that said for sale or did you have to go, were you searching for it? Did a broker give you a lead on it or what? I don't think there was a for sale sign, right? The thing about this property is it was, it went into like foreclosure bankruptcy and the city of Charlotte took it over. Okay. So right in the housing market collapse in 08, this thing. It was public went, housing, right? It was public housing at the time. It was redesigned as commercial business park. And so the city of Charlotte actually owned it when we purchased the property. And literally within three months of us purchasing this piece of property, it transitioned into private hands. And then that's when you see what happened. So how does that work? So someone's listening to this. They're like, I know some busted ass places in my neighborhood that I think might do well. How, how do I like how did you go about the actual searching process? So when you came here, like what did you do to go ahead and find out, oh, the city owns that? And then you don't just go on Google and say, call the city of Charlotte when I want to buy land from them. Like, how did you like walk me through like the step by step? Because again, like gym owners, like we don't know shit about fuck when it comes to commercial real estate. This is all you have to learn this as you go. So how did, what did this look like? Yeah. So I would just get into, you know, every city has a Polaris GIS website. Yeah. And so I would get real familiar with that website and I knew my focal area where I wanted to be. And I would just start searching and looking up stuff, I would drive through it. Um, this area obviously is close to my home, so it wasn't that far away. And I knew just by putting my ear to the ground and talking to realtors and knowing what was coming in the future, you know, we have Savona Mills, which is right down the street. That's been on the book since 2012. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it was kind of like, is it coming? If it does come, we'll be sitting pretty. So everything's a risk. But you want to put yourself in that, you know, what's my exit strategy? Do I have an A, a B, a C, and a D? Yeah. You don't want to just have, uh-oh, if A doesn't work, I'm screwed, right? And so we kind of went through this, and we're like, hey, 
if Savona Mills doesn't hit and there's not the foot traffic, we can, you know, have the gym and gyms don't need to have this great location right off the main strip because it's CrossFit, yeah. right? Yeah. If the gym doesn't work and Savona Mills hits, then we have all this space that will be desirable. So there was all these exit strategies yeah. that, yeah. Well, you know, we also looked at also <clears throat> the corridors that come into Charlotte, right? So you have Zebulon, which is one they use to come into Charlotte. You have, we're right here off 77, 85. It kind of all comes together. Good highway access. And highway access. And so, and, 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 you know, I live in Concord, but in my mind, we're not that far from uptown. And it really is just, it made sense. You yeah. Know? yeah. And it's, for everyone listening, GIS real quick. Is it Geographical Information Systems? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So uh, every county, if you just put in your county's, name your county, put GIS in it. Yes. There's going to be some kind of interactive map. You guys can go and uh, throw an address up there and it'll show you zoning, uh, property tax records records, uh, deeds, who's owned it, all that kind of stuff. Some of them are better than others. But then when you guys are talking about Sonova, this is where I get this all the time where, Stu, I want to go here because I hear there's a cool development coming. And the development you're talking about, I remember going where, before Blue Blaze was there and I was looking for spaces yes. and happened asked this. Argos Realty was going to do this and you know, the big ass, the original one. And yeah. the money fell through. And that was post 08. That was like, there was good money in the system, but it fell through financing. And so that was meant to be your optimist hall yes. for this area. And Optimist Hall, for everyone not familiar, is just this incredible foot traffic, uh, food court, bars, food, all that good. All the things you would want if you bought commercial real estate, you put a business there. A, you want the re- the foot traffic for that, but you also need your commercial real estate to appreciate because a lot of people are like, well, if I buy a building, I'm going to do it because it's cheaper than renting. Kind of. Rent will be the most money you'll ever spend per month. Yeah, That's the most. You know, the thing with your mortgage and owning this building that's the least you'll ever spend per month. And if you're banking it on appreciation, doing something in the future, you want something like Sonova Mill and these townhomes and, and all of the things that actually ended up coming to fruition here to happen. Right. But that's part of it. It's like, you got to think not like a gym owner, like what's going to be best for the gym, but like what's going to be best for this fucking expensive investment that I'm making long term. Yeah. All right. So you get the land. Now you've got a chunk of land and now you've got to get it developed. What, did you, what would that look like? Because, I mean, this is when you go to the, you guys probably a thousand different whiteboard sketches of like what the layout of the facility would be, what would be yeah. perfect. Walk me through designing something like this. Well, we, um, since I've, I've ran a box before, right, I knew what we had at North Lake and what could be made better. How what, large is the North Lake? Just the floor space is about 3,000, 4,000, just the workout floor land, okay. right, on one side. And we have about four on the other, right? But when, you, when, you, when you're looking at a, a box, you know, and Adam had been there a lot, and he has a lot of ideas, by the way. Um, what what would make the member experience better versus what we have up there, and what could we do better? So that's kind of how we started. And then we started working with an architectural company. Like Adam said, what could we do if this failed? What do we do with this space if the yeah. gym doesn't work? Can you bring another company in, things of that nature? So we just started kicking around ideas from there first. Yeah. yeah. And so when you're thinking of that, like building from the ground up, did you instantly, because this right now, and the entire building is how many square feet? So the entire building is 18,200. Okay, two floors. Correct. Bottom floor is? 9,100. 91, so even split pretty yep. much for the most part. Okay. Now, the bottom floor is where QC Fit West is. How large is just the gym space? So the, the gym space is 5,500 square feet. Okay. Total. 5,500 yep. square feet, nice size lobby, and then we go upstairs, and you guys have done a great job developing rent roll. Lots of nice little offices, and you've done a great job. Everyone tries to do this, but they try to get everything that's synergistic into their building, and they, they it's a hard it's hard to do it. You guys have done Very a great hard. job with that. Yoga, physical therapy, Cairo. What's the new one? Uh, Carol, uh, I see the sign out in the the lobby. Yeah, so they're um, like restorative kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. they'll do Botox, uh, hydration. Uh, IVs. Oh, great. So he's a yeah. medical doctor. So oh, phenomenal. Yeah. So like hungover, loose skin, he got you. He's got you. <laughs> he's got you. That's right. That's so, right. All right. So you throw that up there. Now, financing this thing, what, what loan products, like what did you go and look at first? So this is where it gets, um, the hard part came into play because <laughs> Jason and I, you know, a lot of people don't know he runs a gym. That's his core income. I run a paint and drywall company. People are always shocked to think, um, and that's how I pay myself. So we leveraged our businesses. Um, So we went in and, you know, when you have a facility like this, trying to get bids and figure out how much it's going to cost and, you know, how much equity do you have to put in? There's all sorts of things. And so we knew at the time, again, 2016, coming into 2017, we had about 10% 
of equity to put into a project like this. And the only thing that would uh, service this was a, an SBA loan. And so we went the SBA route. Uh, little did we know that it was going to take a year to get drawings and, you know, uh, through the city and get all of the permitting and everything that, well, by the time we were through the year, we already had 30% equity in the building because we had paid out of pocket for architectural plans, which are a hundred thousand bucks. Yeah, Nobody yeah, yeah. tells you yeah. that architectural plans are going to cost you, you know, a, a pretty, pretty penny. And so the value of the land, we had paid for it cash. So we had that value in there. So by the time we got all done, we didn't need the SBA a yeah. year later. We found really good products through a local bank. And so we were able to get out of the SBA piece and just go just a traditional 70, 30 loan. Yeah. Yeah. So with the, were you looking at the seven, a product or the, the five Oh four when you were seven, a, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Typically for building a, a structure, you're going to go generally the seven, a, and everyone listening, you know, when I'm talking about a 70, 30, we're essentially talking about a traditional bank loan is going to be required 30% down, right. maybe a little bit less depending on what the situation is. Whereas the SBA products are 10% down. That's right. why I have a lot of owners who are like, I got no cash but I've got a rich member who wants to fucking buy a building. And he's like, what value do I bring to the table? I'm like, he can't get an SBA unless he's going to put his own business in there. Right. So you're worth 20% equity right there instantly because you saved him 20% on his down payment. So there is an option there for negotiation. Okay. So you went traditional. What would you recommend to someone when they're looking for financing for this? Like, was it a bank you had done business with just a smaller bank? What, what'd you find? You want to jump? Well, the regional banks, Probably not now, right? <laughs> yeah. The regional issues we have, but the regional banks were the way to go, right? Okay. The big banks didn't touch us. Um, I don't remember the first bank at this point, but it was a smaller regional bank that we went to, and and uh, they South State, South, South State, State Bank, okay. yeah. yeah. And I personally had had a buddy that worked at South State in another state, right? Who was helping us out behind the scenes with like what we should do and things of that nature. But they were good to us, so they, and they 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 worked with us. Yeah. Okay. So, and when you do a loan, so again, the land's already now paid for. You guys have that. You get the construction. So how many did you, I mean, obviously being in, in the drywall and the pay, you probably have some GC, like people you know in the industry. How many quotes did you get? Is it like, I always, you know, the recommendation is like, get three. Don't take the cheapest. Don't take the most expensive. Like maybe take the one in the middle type yeah. scenario. How, how did that process go? Yeah. So we, just to touch on the financing part a little bit and things that we learned is, you can create equity in a project that may or may not be on paper, if that makes sense. So purchasing of the land was on paper so you could see value and they would give us. But we did a lot of legwork, you know, whether it was paying our own uh, person to do the appraisal. Uh, just all these things that you realize you're paying money into it through the process. And so when you go to the bank and you're like, hey, here's my skin in the game. You know, we sat down and we had an Excel spreadsheet that totaled everything. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was stuff, little things, a thousand dollars here, five grand there. Phase one environmentals, things like, yes, all that's it. Yep. So that's how we ended up getting our 30% was it wasn't that we had 30. You didn't throw an extra third. We just cashed out. We fucking, you know, we just spent all our cash on this thing. So we didn't, we, but these little payments of an appraisal, which could be three grand for that. A phase one, this could be three to four grand. Going ahead and getting a surveyor to come out. Cause I don't know if there were utilities out here. Did you guys not? not. So you're going to have, you got to slap all that shit in. Yeah. So, so that's how we got there. But moving to the construction side, I I have a construction background, uh, residential construction. So I've, I've built houses, um, which is way different than a commercial (laughs) property. Um, but we got two quotes and, you know, they were way out of our budget. I think one came in at like 3 million and some change. One came in at like two, six or two, eight. I can't really remember. So in my brain, I felt like I could build the building for less than that. This is Um, where the easy part came back. Yeah. Yeah. It came back. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So I went to Jason. I have a really good friend who's a commercial uh, builder in Charlotte, Adam Hagner. He's a great guy. And I just asked him, I was like, hey, can I pay you a fee to kind of just walk me through the differences between commercial and residential as I go through this? Yeah. Will you make sure I don't step on my own residential dick because I'm about to do some commercial? Yeah. And then the beauty was he had a house in Charlotte that needed to be painted and we just swapped services. I painted his house and he consulted. And so 18,200 square feet later, 
Um, we came in way under the $3 million budget. You know, we came in over our desired budget. Which was? Our desired budget was a million eight. Okay. Uh, all construction. Oh, yep. So not including the property. But there were some issues in there with yeah. why we went over budget. Yeah. 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 Things that were unforeseen, you know, like a water tap that cost 80000 yeah. bucks. You know, you're like, wait a minute. I just wrote that check for the brewery not yeah. even a year ago. Yep. Yep. And you're like, wait a minute. It took them half a day. Yeah. And they charged me eighty grand. So yeah. an elevator, you know, we... We didn't anticipate an elevator. You have to have an elevator. That's the two-story issue. You know, when yeah. you start to think about things, it's an $80,000 elevator. So you're like, ah, oh. you know, so things like that. But we came in about $600,000 over budget. So a million eight was where we started. Two, four was where we ended up. Um, still significantly less than the three million. Mm-hmm. I always tell Jason, we made 600 grand. Sure. In building this building. It's not cash in your pocket. No. But- the value of the building, when you look at it in 10, 15 years from now, we'll realize that. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the stuff you were sharing with me on the, the line items on the construction, I mean, in a loan, because this is, I mean, this is, uh, this is a, what would you, what's the style of warehouse you would call this? So like metal fab? Like, is this? So this is a metal prefab building. Yeah. So it comes in on trucks. Yeah. It was damn near $400,000 just in the metal for the building in and of itself. Like yeah. going, as you start looking through the line items and a lot of people just have no concept of that even like small little, I put a bathroom in there still. What's that? Like three grand. I'm like for oh. the permit. Yeah. Like <laughs> no, it's not three grand to put yeah. in a bathroom. All right. Now like stuff like this elevator. Why do I need an elevator? Cause it's two floors. Correct. Why do I want two floors? Cause I want to have a rent roll coming in as well. So you've got to start weighing those like the P&L and the, the, you know, the risk and, you know, return on, well, fuck, okay, we better lease these things out, right? right. If we're going to go yeah. ahead and do that. Was that always part of your plan? And I know, like, obviously, what Steve had built, you know, people look at it, it nice little model of what he's got. But, like, I mean, was that always, like, well, we need to generate, okay, our, our mortgage is X. I want X percent of the mortgage covered by rent roll. Well, that was the plan, right? And what was this? Again, it was 2017. Sure. Pre-COVID, uh-huh. right? So we had a formula. <laughs> Uh, in our heads that would have made this real easy, okay? <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, as soon as we finished the building, about a month later, two months later, we hit COVID. And what is the one thing people don't want to do? They don't want to come. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going home to work, yeah. let alone find space up top. So that was another challenge, right? So obviously that affects the pricing, affects our, our model and that stuff. So so you guys had this. So once, okay, because you guys got your CO and opened up right prior to getting shut down with COVID. So then is it just like, okay, we're going to discount the rent, just get some bodies in here, get some businesses in here? Or how did that look? Well, it was, um, I'll let Jason answer that question because he was probably more, not probably, was more instrumental in getting our first tenants here. So if you want to. There's people you knew personally. Yeah, you know, you you keep mentioning Steve and and I just go talk to him and he's like, man, leverage your relationships, right? And so I have a gym that we had, you know, close to 170 members in and there's people that I know. I know business owners, I know all this stuff. So, and then in the world where my kids play basketball, I'm exposed to tons of other business owners. So my my wife was like, hey, leverage your relationships. So start talking to people and start hearing that some of them want their own business opportunity, which was perfect. Um, some of them were looking for more space. So that's initially how we did it. I mean, we went with, uh, you know, the hair salon. We went with massage yep. with, 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 with Morgan, who was up there, performance rehab. Also, the other members with Zach and, and Lauren. And, and that's just those relationships were, were important for us to provide them an opportunity to open a business. And then in return, they're renting out space. So. Yeah. Now, to take a step back on why we went two floors versus one floor. And I think it's important as people are thinking about what they're going to do to maximize. So we're sitting on 1.2 acres in Charlotte, Mecklenburg County. And so there's a a requirement for parking spots per square feet, right? And so there's this weird calculation that with a gym, every 200 square feet, you have to have a spot. And then you have this other weird, if you're medical, it's now, you know, a spot for every 100 square feet. So, you know, it gets really kind of difficult. So with this property to maximize the space, so to speak, if we went one level, it was going to be gym only. And so as we were thinking through the process, it's like, man, the added cost of going up, you know, we're not adding, you know, footprint square footage. So there's cost savings there. We are adding an $80,000 elevator. Yep more metal different still but we have um 9100 square feet upstairs that can literally be leased out yeah and our goal at the beginning of this thing when we went you know to the architects was to have the upstairs finance the building yep 
and then have the gym be able to breathe. That's where COVID came in and the upstairs didn't <laughs> didn't come to fruition. So the gym really had to grow quick. And you guys, I mean, because because you came in at COVID, I mean, you could today, let's say there was no tenants in today and we were we were marketing this space today, you could go thirty bucks a square foot. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that would do two seventy five a year. Right. An additional revenue there. Correct. Right. It just it, it does. I you know, whenever I'm like, you know, like, oh, I can't find the exact size. I'm like well, we're finding bigger. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. You know, uh, depending on your SBA loan, so you, at least you occupy the 51. But like, if you can rent roll this thing, I think that's the ideal scenario other than it all just being on you and you are the tenant that has to fund not only the profit for the, that your gym, but also the profit you're going to, the bank's going to want numbers on you. Anyone you take a loan from, they're going to want you to send quarterly numbers. And they're like, fuck, boy, you're slipping. Just did. Yeah. Just okay. Did. Yeah. 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 That, people don't realize like they keep an eye on that. And if they start seeing number and they've, that's all they do is they see this all day. They start seeing the red flags like, Ooh, we don't like that. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's certain margins you have to keep in debt service coverage and they could, they could call the note on you immediately and you could be in default of the loan yep. by dropping underneath of that. It's, it's a lot of risk. Exactly. And you know, the cool thing about, you know, when you're looking for your financing is most banks want you to be a percent owner operator, right? So with owning the gym, we are technically, cause I office upstairs. The reason I office upstairs is we have to be at least 55% owner occupied. And so with the gym being all downstairs and then me having that little space work technically, so our, our interest rates go down. So we have a, a very good interest rate for a commercial property. Is um, it fixed? It is. Yeah. It's fixed. Good for you. Yeah. So <laughs> good. So yeah, we pay four and a half percent interest on, on a building like this. And the interesting thing about it though, is with the upstairs coming alive and kind of leasing itself out, um, you have a lot more flexibility as a gym owner, right, to use your money in different ways. So, yeah. yeah. You don't have that, that foot on your throat. I, I like as a gym, you know, you know, these months where it's just like it's just two shitty months of sales. Yeah. And unfortunately, one month of an avalanche because it's going back to school and this of cancellations. It's just like, mm-hmm. fuck, it, it's nice having that breathing room here. I get a lot of questions on this. How did you guys set up? The, the partnership here? Did you form Real Estate Holdings Company, LLC? And then what is that, what, what does the ownership of that look like? And then versus like the LLC specifically for the gym here? So yeah, we have, we formed a Zebulon LLC, okay. of which Adam and I are 50-50 partners. And that's in. the Real Estate Holdings that's Company? That's the Real Estate Holdings Company, right? And then the gym itself is a separate LLC under mm-hmm. CrossFit North Lake West. Again, we're 50-50 in that as well. Cool. Yeah. You guys have had, probably had to discuss, I mean, you guys eat, sleep, and breathe this. One of the reasons... I forget, I don't know who answered my DM. I remember it was like, I knew what was going down with the gym and the brewery and all that. And I remember hitting someone up like, you guys ever thought about doing open gym? I like shot a DM over one day and someone answered it. I forget what it was. And I was just, I, but I'd never been in. I like, I had heard about it. I just never made the trip over. And I walked in, I was like, this is the best looking CrossFit gym in all of Charlotte, in all of Met County. I put in my, like it take, you know, Steve's not in Met County, but like that'd be the only thing that would compare to it. Yeah. It's like, how in the fuck does this place not have a line out the door yet? And then I look over, I'm like, oh, that's the benefit. That's why they were able to do over here. You got to the party early. You want to do South End right now? But why is Ultimate CrossFit gone? Why are, why is South Shot? Like, cause they were in South End. It just, it's so fucking expensive. Yeah. You, you can't do that. That, that, that hype market area. When you guys thought about this space long-term, did the bank require you to keep this lease of the gym here for a period of time? No. So the, the bank really wants uh, five-year leases. Okay. So, you know, obviously if you can get a 10 or a seven. You're just subleasing. They're not, you're not reporting those leases, are you? We sub, are. You yeah. are. Yeah. Okay. So all of those are all reported to the bank. Got it. So yeah. all your additional tenants are direct leases with Zebulon, not subleases of the gym. No. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So everybody, even the gym leases to Zebulon mm-hmm. and that helps us with the financing. So Jason's business, North Lake, is no longer on the loan here because uh, we did a refi. Yep. Uh, sports painting, my business is no longer a guarantor on the, on the lead. This is its own guarantor, which is great. Yep. And part of the reason why is because our signed leases were long enough duration. So five to seven years and it covered the note. Yep. And so the bank was like, yeah, we don't need you guys, you know, on the note anymore, which was great for us. Cause 
You know, you never want to lose your your home and no, you 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 put you put it out there in the beginning and you sign those PGs because that's the access to the capital up front, and then show them what you can do. They're like, yeah, we can get these leases, we can get five, and and they're not just you know fly by night companies. They're legit. They've got a track record, whatever it may be. Now, the cool thing to touch on his relationships, uh, a lot of them had never started their own businesses. Okay, you know, one of the the difficult parts was we funded the upfits upstairs out of pocket, so. You know, we had to dig again mm-hmm. into our own pockets. I did the, the physical construction of the upstairs upfits. But like Pinnacle Massage and PRA, they're thriving, and they never owned businesses before. And took so advantage of an opportunity. Yeah. They yeah. took advantage of opportunity. We took advantage of their desire, and they're now kind of just killing it upstairs. And so, you know, that's the other thing is when we finished this building, the upstairs was incomplete. And so all of those upfits, we had to figure out cash out of pocket. Yeah, just build as you, as you can. That was yep. it. And so, but it's kind of cool to see those people now looking to expand their own businesses now, what, three years in. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. Do you guys get inquiries now or do you ever just list shadow suites and stuff just to see what the market would pay? Just to have an idea? We don't. We do get inquiries a lot. Yeah. You know, is space coming available? Can we get on, you know, in line? We haven't really done because most of our, our first couple leases are due to expire next June. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we'll get into the market here and, yep. and see what, what's coming. We did just recently, again, with the relationships, we offered everybody to re-up at a, at a new price that was less than market, but more than they're currently yeah. paying. A little bit closer to the yeah. number we talked yeah. about. Yeah. 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 And that was, A, we didn't want turnover because it costs money. Yep. And B, we didn't want to go, you know, rake them over the coals in a year from now and where their businesses were affected. So I think uh, four out of our seven upstairs re-upped. Yeah. At least for me, I, uh, I felt like I got like a master's degree in like commercial real estate and permitting process. Like when you go through this, I, I didn't have a project manager. We couldn't afford that. And so I was the project manager and I'm, I'm an idiot. And so like you learn through it, looking back on what you now, what would have been some key things if like Jason Adam today could just go back and talk to you guys as you're in the process? Don't, no, 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 don't do that. Or look at this instead. What would you have, what kind of wisdom would you impart to yourself now? I may give that to Adam because he was the builder. He yeah. was the, he's the, you know. Yeah, if I could go back, I would ask the bank for more money okay. because we needed it. And so, you know, just a, a little blip on a big story was we did get into a legal issue with our first bank on draws and extras and, and exploding budgets. And, you know, we ended up having to fund some of the overages out of pocket which hurt because we're not receiving any kind mm-hmm. of income. We're having to put more in. And so we had to really tighten the belt for 12 months until we could refi. And so if people understand refinancing, you know, when you're in a construction budget, there's not a whole lot of leeway. Like the numbers are the numbers are the numbers. And so it's not like cheaper steel, right? Like, not yeah. cheaper steel. More expensive. Yeah. Everything's more the expensive. expensive. Yes. Everything's more expensive. And, and then when you're on a, a brand new job site, you know, and Duke Power and Spectrum is nowhere within, you know, three blocks of you. And now you got to pay to have these undergrounds put in, you know, things that you didn't anticipate. So, you know, one thing I would say is um, do research on the front end and try to get your budgets as tight as you can. It's first time we ever did it. So yeah. we would know on the second one. Yep. Um, but to get more money on the front end, um, because you are going to refi. And if you don't spend it all in the construction part, you can refi for less. But if you do spend it, you can, re- you know, you'll have that. And you don't have to come out of pocket and get stuck mid yeah. um, project. I think the chances are you miss something, you're going to spend it. Yes. Uh, you know, we had quotes that increased that expired on us. We had stuff happen with the city. I mean, you're going to need the extra money. I tell them, it's like these projects for commercial are going to generally, I, the number I give is whatever the total project is, have 30% extra. Yes. And assume it's going to run 30 to 60% over timeline. Correct. It, you know, because these things, it doesn't move fast. And it's funny now, I don't know if you've been paying, like I pay attention now to everything the city's doing. So the city of Charlotte's doing the UDO, the Unified Development Ordinance. So essentially, you know how it was like, a, it's a real complicated zoning, I1, I2, TOD, blah, blah, blah. 
all that just kind of kind of getting consolidated to like four some different models. It's just right. gonna make it super easy. Like parking requirements for gyms and stuff in density based districts like this yep. become less type scenario. You know, would have been nice. It would have been. Nice. I spent <laughs> sixty grand rezoning the building. Yeah. Six months later, they instantly gave everyone along the light rail. Instant free, free TOD, zoning. free zoning to get the TOD because we just we don't have enough parking for this shit. Yeah, I was like these motherfuckers. Like, am I going to check? Yeah. Am I going to check? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, the parking lot part is very interesting because that's that's the hardest thing for especially. I mean, you know, we're like uh, three John Elway football throws away from the city, right? Yes. Like yep. not far at all. I like oh. that you use John Elway. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, my, yeah. that's my favorite. That's player. your dude. Yeah. That's your dude. Have you tried his eight beer? No. He is the biggest sponsor of eight beer. When we ran the marathon in Austin. Huh. It's just it's. It's just called eight. And I've got like, dude, I bet you if I drank eight of those things during the Chicago marathon, when I run it, at least get a phone call from John Elway. That's like what I'm playing in my head, like, and just publicize it, put it in front of the camera. But anyway, so with you guys here, man, parking, like that's every gym that wants to open something up in an urban district. Parking's the biggest issue. What were your requirements? Cause it wasn't just square footage because the gym, I mean, cause you also, like you said, you had the medical offices in there too. I mean, you had the land. If you didn't have to do the parking, what would you have done with that? Just kept the grass flat, tur- like the kids run outside. Like what was, yeah. Yeah. Well, we wanted to do, we wanted to do an outside area, yeah. right? And that was going to be this area here. Active. We had to end up using it for parking, right? Yeah. So we wanted an outside rig. You've been to 77. Yeah. That's a phenomenal outside area. That would have been one thing we would yeah. have done. Other than that, I don't think we've talked about much else, right? No, yeah. I mean, the outside area in the back was going to be crucial, but I think we have 56 parking lots or parking including, spots, including the street. Yeah. We had to use the street yeah. to come up with the, the right and amount. Then, yeah. And then these are all considered compact, right, to get them in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, had we not had that, we'd had a great outdoor, you know, workout area. For- yeah. I texted you the other day. I was I showed up early in the morning, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" I saw that. I literally the proximity these townhomes. I mean, literally. Of You're in somebody's feet. living room skiing, bro. <laughs> You're literally skiing. I'm like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Are they?" I'm like, and I, "I'm dealing with a client who's got a new noise ordinance right now issue," and I'm like, "Oh fuck!" You guys were here first, but still, I'm like, you make sure someone's telling who's ever leasing or buying that thing. Let them know, like what? Yeah. So th- we're we're in touch with the lease agent. She came over. They're actually gonna um, market this as an amenity yeah. to, to the townhomes. Good. Yeah, noise ordinance are weird, especially the Met County one. I, I'm familiar with it because I hate dogs barking. Mm-hmm. And the funny story is, is I would print the noise ordinance and put it on my neighbor's <laughs> door and I would highlight your dog's barking. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd run back into my house. I wouldn't have, you know, conflict. <laughs> so yeah, the noise ordinance can be an issue. We're still zoned. Sure. For what we're, we're doing. But if somebody makes a big enough stink, it's, you're going to have it, to deal with it's it. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you got the hours and how much. And it's, yep. I mean, and it's nice here because every tenant in here understands what's happening, they right? Do. So you're not going to have a tenant probably, you know, kick out a one out of their lease because you're, you know, disturbing their right to quiet enjoyment or right. anything like that. But yeah, I saw that, you know, and these are, are these lease or buy? So the 40 units on that side are all homeowners. And then the remaining 92 got purchased by one got company. It. And okay. now it's all lease. Yeah. Well, that's not bad. I mean, so, you know, a lot of the apartment, like where Barry's is and all those places that are bottom floor units and they have the apartment dwellings above, yep. they give them a little discount off of it because, they get a hey, vibration. yeah, exactly. Yep. That's, that's pretty much all that is. Yep. No, so we, and that was part of the thing when we built and we finished this building, we were actually finished in November of 2019. And then the city had us sitting for a, a firewall, which is a long story. <laughs> so we sat here for 90 days, finished with rig and weights and ready to go and we couldn't open due to a fire rating issue so we opened up a month before covid started and so you know one of the biggest things for us was waiting for all of this you know we knew we were a little early but we felt like it was the right timing had covid not hit you know we probably would have had a quicker you know ascent but we you know we just kind of pulled through but now that it's here it's finally strategically again if we you know hindsight is always 2020 um but strategically the big players in the crossfit space and the micro gym space in south end you go pull the lease and be like there's no way that's renewing at the end of this lease at 42 dollars a square foot there's yeah. no way and it's gonna be beep, 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 they're gonna be gone and then this is here and this is easily like you said accessible it's nice to get to the one thing that's interesting this most people when they're doing this kind of like i did I had the existing business. I was getting kicked out of that location. I needed this other one to open up. 
but I just migrated everyone there. So I didn't have to run a pre-sell. I didn't have to worry about, is this thing going to be cash flowing? It's not like we were going to empty your location up at North Lake to fuel this one. How did you guys think about a pre-sell kind of process? Obviously, COVID fucking that whole thing up. But even beforehand, you had to be like, okay, we got to open up on day one with with more than, you know, the nine members that actually live in the, or however many members live on this side of town. (laughs) It's more convenient. Well, we actually did run a pre-sell. Okay. I leveraged... North Lake. Yep. And we ran pre-sale and maybe 25, 30 members, right? 25, 30 okay. members we opened up with that knew we were coming. We did, I think we did a decent job with that. And again, like Adam said, when COVID hit. Did it cannibalize you a little up there with some of those members? Yeah, some did. Yeah. Some did, which was something I had to get used to. Sure. Right. Um, it was, people were closer in proximity. It's a really nice gym. And then we just picked up new members as well. But then when COVID hit, we went from that 25, 30 number to like down to your hardcore 10, right? And it stayed there. Yeah. You know, and you never want anybody to, to lose their business because of COVID, right? Sure. But, you know, COVID was the reason why we lost a lot of pre-sale members. And it's also a reason why we blew the, up. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, sometimes you say, were we lucky or were we smart or a little bit of both? And I think we were just a little bit of both at yeah. the end of that, you know? It's, it's interesting because... When I, when I, you know, I got here and I reckon people that I went across with South End, it's like, there's a certain clientele, especially in Charlotte, that's like, yeah, they're probably not leaving the core area. They're going to be in one of those boroughs of, of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you look now and you, again, you, you, seven years ago, you search Google or you search CrossFit in the, the Charlotte area, but it's everywhere. And you guys are, let's say, wh- at what point, because I told you, Motors, like, make colleagues instead of competitors with all your, the local gyms. Like, why? Like, I don't know. That guy sucks. Whatever. I'm like, here's the problem. Here's the deal. The odds of all of you still being in business in seven years, so slim. But if you happen to be the one that was, and you were good to that dude in and out of your, you know, whatever casual colleague relationship you have, when he goes to shut down, mm-hmm. he's at least be like, in an email, and by the way, go check out, you know, QC Fed West. Important. It's Super so important. fucking yeah. important. Yeah. And how much, like, did you guys notice, like, you'd probably hear in the news or, you know, around town, so-and-so is closing down, and then was it just, like, a nice, slow, steady trickle? Like, how did that look? And have you had the market much since the closure of so many other gyms in the area? So what happened, there was two gyms that closed down and knew people from either gym, right? And from one of the gyms, we had someone inside that gym that was a really the organizer all, and she's a member here now. And she kind of organized this huge email yeah. and just pushed everybody over here, right? And we'd had a couple coaches that come over already, and some of the coaches helped people get it over. So it was like relationships yeah. getting, that, getting that through, and it happened on both sides. One gym happened, fortunately, for them to find the new location, and they had a good, you know, a good community, so that's, most of those members went back. But, you know, it was growing pains going from that small of a gym to just boom that many people, right? So what do you do? We weren't built for that quite yet. You know, yeah. we didn't have the infrastructure, the organization, the product, anything ready for that. So uh, from that end, that was, that was difficult, but it was, it was welcomed. Is your recommendation, because I get asked all the time, can I like contact the guy who's selling or closed down his gym? Like, can I buy your, I'm like, what are you going to buy? Yeah. What the fuck are you buying? Yeah. Like, I reached out. Yeah. I, re- I reached out and I had a conversation with him. I was just like, hey, and I personally don't mind. I mean, if they're the owner of the gym and, and they want to say, hey man, I don't want to do that. And unless I get this, sure. And then to me, if it's, if it's, if you really have that kind of pull and you're telling people, hey, this is a great gym, they're coming, then that's worth it. I get 12 more months. 100%. More months, yeah. you know? 100%. I get here and I'm like, this place is great. And then you're like, oh yeah, by the way, we're also adding saunas. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, what, like, what other plans do you still have for this space? And it's like, because once you get done, like once you get your CO and you get in, and you've paid your last construction draw bill. You don't want to see another dude with a hammer and a bill for you for fucking it. Like you're, you're like, I'm good. I people better love this shit because in my head they're gonna <laughs> love it the way it is, and it doesn't always work out that way. Yeah. I built this coffee lounge, two thousand square feet. I'm like, people are gonna hang out here all day. Yeah. Seven percent hung out there all day, right? The rest yeah. was just random strangers, which is great for lead gen, but wasn't what I envisioned in my head. What that you built from an experience perspective has not lived up to the expectation or what you thought was going to happen in your head. Our front lobby obviously has not lived up to expectations. <laughs> well, and talk like to me what you, I yeah. think I know what you mean by that, but for everyone listening, explain. Yeah, so the lobby's great. When you walk in, it looks fantastic, but it was really meant to be a smoothie bar coffee shop. We had a tenant signed up, ready to go, and they pulled out last minute. And so really COVID and this kind of lagging, the development around us has kind of afforded that that lobby so we think it'll take off that's our challenge over the next 12 months is to get a tenant in the front lobby to make it 
you know, more robust and, and actually live up to the expectations. But for three years, it's just been a space that has not produced any revenue. Yeah. Sure. So the reason why the saunas, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm always, Jason's way more frugal when it comes to, to money, which is a good thing. That's why we work well. I'm more like, hey, let's add this. Let's add that. <laughs> Does it add value? Does it not? Sometimes I got to be pulled back. This is what you were saying when he has a lot of ideas. Yes. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, he's right. The saunas for me were um, a, a customer experience, right? So we have a lot of hey, I go into work either before my workout and then I come work out and I go home or I come here, I work out, then I go into the work or, hey, I do my lunchtime here. And so the, the big piece on the bathrooms, the reason why we invested in nice bathrooms, saunas, was we knew that we had that guy or girl coming and going from work. And we wanted them to be like, hey, I can not only do my work out here, but I can get ready. I can possibly even eat my lunch here or do my breakfast or whatever. And so that was really the investment part and idea for me was, hey, when our competitors do pop up around us, and they're charging you 185 for your membership. Are you able to step into a sauna? Yeah. You know, or are you able to have a nice open facility? Can you park easy? We have people that drive from South End because they can park, mm-hmm. right? Rather than going to something that's closer because it's a nightmare to park. So those kind of things. Uh, but yeah, we have other plans. We're going to put a dog run in in the back because you know these people love their dogs. Absolutely. Yeah. And they want to bring their dogs to the gym with them. And some of us... I'm still trying to figure it out, by the way, but bro, whatever. Bro, I get it. I, I get it. I get it. They love their dogs. I, so we're going to do. do little things. You know, the back room back here is going to be retrofitted into a... You can come do open gym at all hours and yep. not mess with a, a class. So this back area will be a nice little... Um, at 24 access kind of scenario. 24 yeah. access kind of thing. You come the, get your The phone. dog runs smart, though. Like, in a lot of areas, like, you know, I've always made my jokes on the dogs in the gym and whatnot, but it's like Austin, Texas, uh, Cincinnati here. Like, these are just crazy dog-dense fucking cities. Yeah. Crazy. It's like there's more dogs than kids, yeah. especially with this demographic. Yeah. It's like, well, instead of having it, you know, fluffy, you know, to a kettlebell over there, yeah, fucking just make a centralized location. Yeah. And then, you know, talk to your insurance agent. Like, so what happens if fucking it gets it gets rowdy back there? Yeah, Fido yeah. bites. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, what's the rules on that? But I do. I, I, I It's different. I like it. Now, let me ask you this. So the saunas and all that, great, uh, great ad, especially a very timely kind of thing right now, very popular. At what point do you look at it like I... At what point you're like, okay, that's it. Like we like are into the building unless shit breaks like HVAC in 15 years or whatever it is. Like this is it. And now we just need to ride the profit of the rent that's accumulating here. I think there's more. We have a few that. more steps, right? <laughs> okay. a couple more. Uh, he's worrying off on me, right? Okay. <laughs> so uh, we, we've, we've had some talks about partnering with one of our, our tenants to doing like a like, rehab room. Okay. Because uh, you go downtown and you see these, these businesses that built their entire business model off recovery. I mean, they have... Normatech boots they have, mm. cryotherapy center. I mean, people pay memberships literally just to go into a room to recover. Yep. Sit in a salt room. I'm yeah, still trying to figure that out, yeah. right? <laughs> but there's also, there's obviously a market. So I'm thinking when he was talking, I was like, well, what if we had a place to work out and a place to fully recover from the saunas and cold plunge and uh, Normatech boots? And sure. What about, what if it was in a comfortable environment? What if I can sit back in the chair, watch a TV, right? And just flush is that worth it? For yeah. me, I'm just old school. Maybe I use it once a month, but apparently someone wants to use it every day. Sure. So, you know? I mean, look, I mean, you look at uh, the sweat houses, sauna house, the perspires, which yeah. just individual little private sauna, go in there, pay your money, listen to whatever music you want, yeah. get out, you know, and, and that's it. They just pop in there. Hot, uh, what's the one in South? Hot Works is yeah. in South. Hot like works, just yep. in and out real quick. It's interesting. And are you, is this an OZ and opportunity zone from a tax perspective? Was this listed as an... It is not. It's a... Um, there is a... There's all sorts of grant money for this area. Got it. Yeah. But not direct tax base. Not direct. Yeah, got no. it. Well, it's interesting. It was like, I remember when I was a minstrel, it was CrossFit South End. I wanted to go to the city and be like, who, how do I petition to have the Charlotte Marathon run past the building? Because I had that giant sign out there. I was like, I want to get eyes on it. I'm like, well, there's actually a way, like the route's are always done a couple years in advance. We try to spread it around this, blah, 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 blah. And like, this is the process of going. And the other day I was thinking about that. I'm like, how the fuck do we get the Charlotte Marathon to run down this street? Yeah. And then you guys just out there with the, you know, Pass do the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I was thinking yeah. about that. I was like, fuck, I got to bring that up to those guys. Cause that, I mean, again, it's, it's like also because it's back here, the eyeballs aren't necessarily on it as yeah. much. So you have to rely on the, on the digital. I've seen you guys bring in the social media guys and the cameras and all that. You've been doing a great job. CrossFit's one of those things though. It's a nice facility. The good 
code, all that. It, it's very word of mouth, especially when there's not that many people standing on the island on this side of town. Yeah. Well, and it's expensive to do it the other way, yep. right? So the word of mouth and the, the social media is the best way to do it. Because again, you can't go put ads out on the radio for people. It's a very small market for yeah. people who don't want to even do this, you know? Yeah. Would you guys ever do another? <laughs> <laughs> so yes and no. Um, I, I would. I feel like the model makes sense. Not just CrossFit. We talked the other day. Would I go and start just a gym? I would not. Because I think starting just a gym as your primary source of income is tough, right? You got to be the guy coaching. You got to be the general manager. You got to be the sales. You got to be everything. But I do think this with a gym as the core tenant as a secondary or third piece of your revenue stream makes sense. Uh, so you're talking from an investor standpoint, like the build, like a building wise, you do another building, lease it out to another gym, or would you put your own model in it? I, I think both uh, would be an option. So for like, for example, Jason and I, this is our 401k, mm-hmm. right? I don't have a 401k. I'm a small business owner. So this building and what it means to us long-term appreciation plus revenue with the added benefit of we own the gym makes sense. And it's, it's an exciting prospect. You know, could you rinse and repeat, for example, in South Carolina somewhere? You could. It's and really I, difficult. It's yeah. difficult, but you would find the right property, leverage your relationships to do the same thing. But one of the ideas that I've been kicking around, which I think makes sense, is do suites. So sell suites in the finished product rather than doing leases. So, hey, I'm going to design the project. I'm going to find the land. We're going to bring the same energy, same everything. And instead of leasing this piece, this 1,300 square, you'll buy it. And, you know, it's a $250,000 purchase for you as your small business. And now you have a piece of equity yeah. in your own business. And so you mean like condoing out the whole building. Yeah. Bingo. Condoing it out. You would still be the declarant. You would still be running, you know, what, what the property is allowed to do, but you would almost have your facility bought and paid for through doing the condo piece. And so there's a little bit of, Hey, I don't have the rent revenue coming, but I do have a paid for gym. And so I think that probably is the better idea long-term for a second and third opportunity is saying, Hey, I don't have to come out of pocket 600 grand on my next deal. If I can put, we have proof that it works. And so now we could sell that to the next piece. It's interesting. Uh, in South End, there's a, it's over by like where Bulldog Beer and Wine is, but it's a bottom floor retail and they just carved out 200 square foot little spots, little micro leases. They're on one year leases mm-hmm. and like Glory Days Apparel is over there, a couple other brands and like they're just good, especially for getting started. We were at the Charlotte Art League yesterday and they just have these cubicles, little 60 mm-hmm. square foot cubicles that artists can go and rent out and again, quick, easy flex leases. Yep. And it's, you know, you look at the warehouse, but like, I can find, you know, lease it to Amazon, like, you know, unicorn style, or I could find someone to want to sell, or I just carve it out because the, there's way more small business owners that can't afford $7,000 a month in rent and whatever it is right. that yeah. just need a small starter spot. And once they graduate, there's another startup coming up right behind them. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's like very much kind of a Planet Fitnessy type model type scenario because yeah. there's way more of those individuals than there are people ready to go hardcore into something like a, a CrossFit program. Yeah, and I think the the other thing from a gym perspective is, you know, Jason knows how to run and operate a gym and get it started. The idea of this location, there was no competitor, right? Now, mind you, the clientele hadn't come yet, Mm -hmm. right? They're starting to come. And like he said the other day, our competitors are coming as well. Like they'll come oh, yeah. in and fill. Savona so is going to have a gym 100%. somewhere. And that's good for us. Hey, more people coming over here to do health and fitness puts their eyes on our facility mm-hmm. as yeah. well. And then, you know, the, the best will survive and probably both will survive easy. But if we were to repeat this, you would have to find a space that, you know, could meet the demand and, or, or find the demand and then meet it. Well, last thing I want to hit on, one thing me and my partner was really big for us. He, we were in different stages of our lives, but uh, we needed to have very clear guardrails in our partnership agreement. It's like, at what point do we exit this as I, either lease out the building or sell it? Like, what is the number that if it came in, it would call a meeting together? Like, we have to discuss it at least. We don't have to do it, but we at least got to discuss it. I'm sure you guys have sat around having a cocktail one night and talked about like, what's the number if someone comes by and they want to blank, do something with this. 
I guess it, what I don't know that never would have to give us tingles, right? <laughs> then we need to sit down and talk. Um, I, we we haven't had we, we we talk occasionally about that, but we haven't sat down and said there is a number. Sure, you know what I mean. I'm pretty sure there is, but like what Adam said, part of me is a lot of me is proud of what we did. So it'd have to be a big number because yeah. there is a long term rent roll. We do have a phenomenal community and membership. So like you have to look at. There's a little bit of ego involved that you did something that not a lot of people can do. And do you let this baby of ours go versus is this number big enough yeah. long term? I, so, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think because we've talked about it just recently, we're like, hey, do we go find a warehouse space close by here just to have a plan B when somebody walks in and is like, hey, what happened to you yeah. at your space? Hey, I'll pay you 40 bucks a square foot for this downstairs. And then all of a sudden you're like, Yikes! I can make more renting than I could running and operating. Yeah, machine. stress-free. I mean, this—you've literally, uh, whether you're not, this is ideal for brewery, elevation church. Like you know, Jesus saves and Jesus pays. Okay, right? Like, especially at elevation <laughs> church. Yeah, especially that kind I'm of money. T- I'm you know telling I mean? you. I mean, they would they, take the whole building. They put HVAC back here quicker than you could blink your eyes, uh, and yeah. they—that's it. Would be over. Would he listen to this? By the way, by the way, if he's listening, elevation we, church. Can, would, can we nah, put yeah, a bid in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Send it over to these guys. I'll put their email in the show notes. Right. It's, it's interesting because you never know who's going to want what with it. And someone could look and be like, "No, I'm going to knock it all down." Yeah. Like, oh, really? Like, yeah, I'm going to put in a 365 multifamily residential units in here yeah. and I'm going to give you $10 million to go away. Yeah. And he'd be like, is that where, is it, and it's all, it's situational based, right? It's like, where am I in that time of my life? The, the toilet overflowed that day and the coach didn't show up the coach class and fucking this didn't happen. You'd be like, yeah, you know what? Let's talk, right? And that, and that member bitched about programming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all situational, but you guys have at least done, again, what 0.0001% of gym owners will do. Hopefully this kind of stuff here uh, gives people some insight or lets them hear the story. And I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to, to do all this and being so forthcoming with it. If anyone wanted to reach out and just kind of, get it straight from you guys and ask questions what's the best way for them to reach you coach yeah they yeah. could just email so our email for the gym is coach at qcfit.net cool we're not greedy we'll help you through whatever yeah no and i've and i tell you i've i've absolutely enjoyed i didn't think i'd ever enjoy working out in someone's gym yeah i'm like man i'm gonna fucking have such a chip on my shoulder i love it well, i'm here more note, than we, i'm at home we love stew <laughs> we always talk about we like stew is a good member yeah <laughs> stew's definitely one of our favorites so we appreciate oh, you, i love man. it man yeah. well guys thank you so much i appreciate it but thank, thank you, you dude appreciate, appreciate it, it yeah, thank you sir yeah.